Welcome back to Placemaking St. Louis. Our opening audio from the 2017 Cinco de Mayo Parade on St. Louis's Cherokee Street sets up today's episode perfectly, where we're exploring more about the foundation and identity of the growing Hispanic population in St. Louis. The narrative of Hispanic individuals in St. Louis consists of several political, economic, and social barriers to employment, policy support, and identity, as St. Louis's historically black-white racial divide seemingly attempts to find a place for non-black minorities, including Hispanic-identifying persons. For Hispanic communities currently in St. Louis, however, several improvements are being attempted at the governmental and local levels to improve access to opportunities for Hispanic individuals and their families. This week, I was able to speak with Carlos Ramirez, the president and CEO of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of St. Louis, who provided a great deal of insight into the ways in which the HCC aims to support and connect the Hispanic population in St. Louis and their continuing efforts amidst the current global crisis. And, uh, historically, St. Louis, when they talked about diversity, was all black and white. Mm-hmm. And with the Hispanic Chamber... Prior to myself, my predecessor was only in the role for a year. So in reality, uh, even though we've been around since 1982, I feel like our organization is very young because we haven't had paid staff up until the last 10 years. And, and so for me, I think the fact that we were able to raise the profile of the organization to a higher level where we are now uh, the go-to organization for aesthetics and so I think that the whole conversation about diversity has expanded to include Hispanics. While the Hispanic community currently represents only around 4% of St. Louis's overall population, its members are making their presence known, and that number is rising steadily. Mr. Ramirez's reference to the seemingly overwhelming black-white nature of St. Louis's diversity highlights certain conflicts addressed in a 1988 article published by Philippe Bourgeois, If You're Not Black, You're White, A History of Ethnic Relations in St. Louis, in which he assesses immigrant and migrant patterns to St. Louis against the traditional black-white divide present throughout the city and county. The lack of ethnic and racial diversity described by Bourgeois contributed to the deterrence by Hispanic immigrants to settle in St. Louis at the turn of the 21st century, resulting in the slow growth of Hispanic presence in St. Louis city and county from 2000 to 2020. Several other ethnic and racial groups make up substantial parts of the region, such as individuals identifying as Asian, American Indian, and several others, which has led to the collaboration and partnership among representative organizations to promote a broader definition of diversity in St. Louis. And because we have also been working with the Asian Chamber, I think it's also included the Asian population. And uh, the Hispanic population has been and will be the fastest growing population followed by the Asian population. So I think more and more people are starting to see diversity in in more of a a true sense rather than just black and white. And so I think being able to bring our organization to the forefront and being at most important tables for decision-making in the region, uh, I think that's really what's been able to help bring us to the forefront. This partnership, Ramirez says, has been integral in changing the tone and conversation surrounding diversity in St. Louis. So for, for us, I think we've been invited to a lot of the right tables, whether it's uh, right now, I well, several years ago when the economic development departments of the city and the county combined, 
and it is now the St. Louis Economic Development Partnership. Uh, the county executive at that time uh, invited me to be on the inaugural board. And so I started being on the board there. I am now the chairman of the board, uh, and I've been the chairman of the board for four years. So I'm actually about to roll off uh, as the chairman. Uh, but that's one of the organizations that we've been able really to have a high-profile impact on because we are um, we are working with economic development for the region. And so that's one of them. I think that, uh, and these are the Asian Chamber words, uh, they see us as their big brother organization where we are, we've really helped them all along. I've never felt like any sort of competitiveness with them. I think rising tides lift all boats. So I've always been very open to helping them and working with them as far as uh, being a, a soluble organization. Um, so I've always been very open to helping them with everything that they're doing. And uh, so that's another organization. And of course, we're, we're on, you know, as an organization and staff, we're on a lot of different boards. And so, uh, you know, we've been able to have an impact. When I started, it was me and a secretary. Mm -hmm. And since then, there are now six of us total on staff. And uh, and I've been very open about making sure that I don't hold all the relationships. And I'm certainly open to people from the staff having their own relationships. So we've been able to really expand our footprint in the region. Learning about the collaboration that exists between the Hispanic and Asian chambers in St. Louis, I was reminded of Mayaku Inoue's 1989 piece, Japanese Americans in St. Louis, From Internees to Professionals, where she cites the stark black-white racial divide in St. Louis as a major factor contributing to the seemingly easy assimilation of Japanese Americans into St. Louis post-World War II. Inoue describes how non-black minority populations were more readily accepted in traditionally white circles, which provided broader access to opportunities and education in assimilating to the region. Mr. Ramirez's emphasis on collaboration provides further insight into the ways in which non-black minority populations continue to work together to support their members and emphasize business, networking, education, and advocacy in their practices. I am a first-generation Mexican-American, uh, first-generation college student, first one to ever go to university and graduate. Uh, so that being said, I didn't know if I could even make it in college. In hearing more about Mr. Ramirez's own story, I was struck by the similar themes of transition, risk, and neighborly support that are present throughout the stories of several members of the HCC and my own mother's immigration to the U.S. from Mexico. I thought that I could probably do well in business. I think I'm really able to talk to any type of person about any type of subject. And so I always felt like I could really just do well in sales and in business. Uh, there's no stability in sales, so I was always afraid to try it. Uh, at Illinois, at St. Mary's University in San Antonio, I started essentially running a small business, which was conference services and the university center itself. And so uh, after 10 years of being there, I was ready for a move. Uh, and my daughter was fairly uh, recently born, and I wanted to be closer to my family in Illinois. So I called my, uh, my compadre, who's here in St. Louis, um, and told him that I was looking to move closer to home, and St. Louis is a city I'd consider moving to. And so uh, about a month later or two weeks later, my predecessor here resigned, 
And it was my buddy who convinced me of all the transferable skills as to why I would be perfect for this job. Wow. Uh, I thought I was going to stay in higher ed. Uh, but in the end, he convinced me and I said, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. I always thought about like a business environment and, and whatnot. Cause there's a lot of business involved in this job. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? Go ahead, submit my resume. You know, uh, I'd be open to it. And about three months later, I was living here. Wow. Quick turnaround, I guess, at the end there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so from being a PE major and never teaching PE to now being the president and CEO of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, uh, you know, that's why I was saying my background doesn't necessarily make sense, but uh, but it, it, it also provides me all the, the skill set and transferable skills that I would need to be able to be successful in this job. Mr. Ramirez's navigation through various opportunities that ultimately led him to where he is today is inspiring and emphasizing how anyone can make a significant difference in their community and region when there's a passion for change. And what I want you guys to know is that when they left that room, we took away from them plausible deniability. There is no way, using their own documents and looking at that information, that they left that room not thinking there were mistakes at this site. We said, we want you guys from this moment forward to do the right thing. You have a mandate as our EPA, now you go do what you're supposed to do. So. That was the voice of Don Chapman, a North St. Louis County resident and founder of Just Moms STL, who was featured in the 2017 documentary, Atomic Homefront, for her advocacy work in protesting a lack of safety measures and adequate health protection from the Westlake landfill near Coldwater Creek and Bridgeton, Missouri. Don Chapman's ability to mobilize her community to stand up against federal and state agencies is emblematic of the strong and loud effect smaller and underrepresented groups can have in the face of adversity or lack of larger regional protection. I think uh, as far as value, um, A, in the greater scope of thing, I think the more enticing the region is, uh, the more successful the region will be. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Again, when we're talking about different aspects of diversity here, companies are looking for different uh, workforces. And and so for us to be able to organize the Hispanic population and get us to a better place, I think that's been helpful uh, to the region. Now, in addition to that, just being able to, to educate the Hispanic business population and helping uh, to make them a stronger business uh, population, uh, you know, and for some companies, we've helped them grow tremendously, uh, being able to grow uh, their their uh, their business, but then also being able to hire people and just being able to help them to uh, develop as an organization, I think has been very helpful as well. The HCC of St. Louis is a nonprofit organization, so rallying community support is integral to its success and Ramirez's team's continued involvement and action towards its members. It was quite fascinating to me to hear about the pressures and challenges that come with his job in understanding that while the HCC is empowering and supportive in and of itself, a great deal of external donations, fundraising, and cooperation is still needed and relied on to ensure the smooth operations of the chamber can continue. Similarly to Don and Just Moms STL, their advocacy work often relies on action from those who've historically excluded them from conversations in the past. I think at the end of the day, it's it's it, the challenge that everybody has is just having enough money to be able to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so every year, 
even though we're a nonprofit, we're, you know, it's like a business to a certain extent because we need to raise funds. So all of our events, while of course they are trying to help the region, they are still, there's a lot of pressure uh, to be successful and to raise funds. And so for me, even though this is a nonprofit job, this has been the most stressful job I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, and a lot of that is just always goals. And uh, fortunately, unfortunately, people that uh, do well are always rewarded with more work. So uh, my, my board always expects more and more from me every year. Despite the challenges that come with the job, Mr. Ramirez is able to speak to the benefits and personal reward he gets just by being involved in the lives of so many people who come from backgrounds just like his. For me, my favorite part is being able to have an impact mm-hmm. uh, on a region and uh, being able to really con- convert and expand uh, the region and the organization and who we are. So for me, that's been, that's been great. And so to a certain extent, that's my favorite, but also just the diversity in my day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, uh, I guess I'm probably, I'm never, not clinically diagnosed, but I think I'm AD, ADD. So <laughs> being able to do a variety of things every day uh, is definitely in my wheelhouse and um, is more along my personality. So that's the other thing I really enjoy, meeting a lot of people, talking to people, helping people, uh, and just having an impact. In understanding Mr. Ramirez's own connection to the HCC, I was curious how he imagined or would describe his members to have found their own sense of place in their community and what this sense of place means to them. You know, like, I think as Latinos, we're, we're a very social population. Uh, I think for people that are coming new to the region that, you know, for example, I, I came from, uh, I moved here from San Antonio, grew up outside of Chicago. So there was significantly a more amount of Hispanics. So then you come to St. Louis where, uh, it's the most dispersed Hispanic population I've ever seen. You can feel alone at times. And so to be able to have our monthly networking socials and give people a social outlet to be able to speak to people like yourself. Now, whether that's a blue collar worker or a white collar worker, it doesn't matter because we have a good variety, but being able to see people like you uh, and talk and be able to relate on that level, you feel less alone. Uh, and so for us to be able to continually uh, bring up the, the magnitude of our organization, you know, when I started here, I think our monthly networking socials would get anywhere between 25 and 40 people. And now we're doing anywhere from 100 to 250 people. And so we've, we've been able to grow it a lot. And, uh, you know, I think we've gotten a great reputation for having uh, great quality events. And so that's what we continue to work towards is making sure that, you know, that even though like for some people, particularly in Missouri, uh, they may see, you know, people of color events as lesser quality. And we're trying to make sure that we're showing a sense of pride and showing that, you know, we're, we're, our events are probably even better than the mainstream events. So that's what we're constantly shooting for. Finally, I asked Mr. Ramirez how he believed the work of the HCC would be impacted by the global pandemic and what might be crucial to understand about minority populations that are increasingly vulnerable during this time. For, for some people, while 
the majority of our population is bilingual. I think when it comes to situations like this, I think a lot of people may uh, revert back to their comfort language, which for many people is Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so I think that us being able to really uh, add some Spanish language resources, us being able to make sure that the organizations that are putting out resources are doing it in Spanish as well, you know, and just being a listening ear to some of these companies that are that are stressed about life, I think has been helpful to a lot of the businesses. And so I think us constantly pushing to ensure that we're being counted for funding, that we're being included for funding, that we're really doing some good things for our members and the region, uh, I think is really what's probably, I think we're hoping what will be what the members look back on and say, the chamber really came through for us during this time. Mm -hmm. Following our conversation, I was reminded of a phrase my grandmother used to say to me, camarón que se duerme se lo lleva a la corriente. Literally translated, it means the shrimp that sleeps will be carried away by the current. And I think that's why I would crack up every time she would say it to me and have me repeat it back. But almost two decades later, and it still stuck by me as a motivator for advocating for my own opportunities and the opportunities of those less fortunate than me. Sharing this with Mr. Ramirez at the end of the conversation, I was struck by a strong sense of friendship and dedication as he invited me to future HCC events to get to know a community that I was already so proud to be watching grow. Yeah, we're only here for the business. We all came here to this country to, for a better life, most of us, but we're still here helping each other. Vente con nosotros. ¿Qué esperas? Come join us. All the cool kids are doing it, seriously. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.